0: Hi there, film fans. I'm Jeff.
1: I'm Dave. And I'm John. And welcome back to the Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye.
0: That's right. And to avoid any lazy negativity, we are making this a drinking game. <laughs> drinking game. <laughs> yeah. Any negative criticism about a film is absolutely allowed. Although in this slate, you can go fuck yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, it will it will be called out. You will hear this sound. Mm. That sound means we're drinking. And we hope that you at home on Twitch or you listening to this podcast anywhere except for the driver's seat of a motor vehicle can be drinking along. <laughs>
2: Safety first. <laughs> so pour yourselves a glass unless you're in a car. Join us and give it up <laughs> for the films we love. And let's just we just love them all this week. It's 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 yeah. the it's the season. We're we're doing Christmas family movies. I mean is there, any, is there a bad... Okay, there
0: is bad ones, but... Um, uh, yes, there's yeah. a lot of bad ones. <laughs> that's a lot. I saw a couple this week. Actually, we'll talk about it in a second. But oh, yes, no. before... So this is a little different. We're doing the family-friendly Christmas movies. Next week, just, we have a yeah, nice...
2: Late- just want to state the uh, the movies are family-friendly. We are not.
0: That's correct. That's we true. should say yeah, that. Yes, true, yes. we haven't... Explicit content warning, yeah.
1: Fucking Next friendly! W-
0: <laughs> <laughs> Next week, we're, we're going to be talk. doing the not family-friendly movies. <laughs> we are very excited about them as well. But before we get into it too much, let's go ahead and kick it over to John so we can hear from some sh- I uh, Fuck it. Just just tell us who That's we're shouting now, John. Fucking shout-outs.
1: All right, we got his beer sponsor. His name is Carlos Barozzo. He has a handle yeah. on Instagram. You should give it a fucking follow because he makes mm. delicious home brews. He posts some recipes, posts some ketchups. Give him a shout-out. The handle ketchup's. is C Barroso Bar 2019. Some catch ups with everything we a he's doing. He's sponsor on this pod. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. The handle oh, is C Barroso Bar 2019. That is C B A R R O Z O B A R 2019. And as always, the music you hear on this episode and every episode is provided by the artist Dasein. That's Dasein, D A S E I N. You can find the music available for free downloads at soundcloud.com forward slash Dash artist.
2: I think I fought Damn. that guy once in Vegas. Oh yeah, <laughs> He's a
1: vigilante superhero. Definitely. Oh my gosh, Jeff. All right, let's well, talk before about, we. Yeah, let's, let's before talk we about yeah, it, before yeah before
0: we get into the slate of movies. Let's. There's a little bit of news, so we'll see. But um, as always, we're going to start with Dave. So any news or anything you watched this week that you want to shout out? What did Dave.
2: I? What did I watch? Disney Invest Day is what I fucking watched.
0: You did you actually yeah. watch it? I,
2: I did. I actually I tuned in um because I was I was insanely curious to see whether they were going to throw down uh, the same as Warner Brothers did, and they didn't they went the yeah, other way yeah. and they went look we recognize the theatricals where we started this it's what got us this far so we respect respect our theatrical partners we want to keep you running so case by case basis and i was so relieved to hear that cuz
0: yeah, like that.
2: i i <laughs> let's face it a lot of the warner brothers directors as it came out in the news this week are pissed Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like,
0: so you have so you have at&t hbo warner you have that whole system which is basically the warner brothers um warner brothers decided to release their entire 2021 slate on hbo max the day that it comes out in theaters without for telling anyone dates. and they, yeah, they without, did not tell anybody except for maybe patty jenkins yeah patty jenkins knew
2: uh yeah they got a 10 million dollar settlement each to promote
0: it I'm going to go ahead, based on the article that Denny Villeneuve wrote in Variety, he did not get the $10 million. <laughs> he did, he did
2: or, or notice, or advance notice. He did, yeah.
0: He's not happy, because he thought yeah. Dune would be a series, and now the people that are uh, his partner, he is outwardly against. It would be like a vice president saying, fuck you to the president publicly. It's really funny.
2: Well, it's, it's also Sorry, like dude. Dune, um, the company that funded, put up like, what, 70, 80%
1: of the budget. They didn't let them know yeah. either.
0: It's over like, a hundred billion, on. Over $100 million.
1: I know. I, I don't think any of us have heard all the tiny little details, but it really does sound like from Chris Nolan and Denny coming out, and some of the other articles that have been written in response to those, that they just did not tell anyone that they were going to do this, except for mm. for Patty and Gal. This, so this was like I don't one know. Of
2: the, it's one of the few times I agree with a Christopher Nolan public <laughs> statement.
0: <laughs> yeah, buzz yourself, mean, I, you. yeah um, fuck you.
1: I feel like I feel like it's important to you're to right. Also but, note To Also, note that this is not just a this is shitty on on both points, creatively and financially. Like, apparently, there were lots of cast members of Dune who were planning on getting these back end points. They have not even approached them to negotiate how they're going to be compensated for that, which Mm. means that that's going to spoil a a business contract that they had. I don't know what they're going to do about that. But creatively, anyone who has seen uh Denny Villeneuve's movies knows that he is, you know, there aren't many guys. Guys and gals left that are making movies that are specifically made for the big screen. I watched Blade Runner 2049 not too long ago on a very nice size TV. It's big enough for for anyone to say, like, oh, that's a decent-sized home theater. And I had trouble reading some of his uh, scripted prompt stuff at the beginning that kind of was setting up things. It's designed to be seen on a big screen. Mm. And anyone who was anticipating any of these larger movies, I think we should be frustrated because I don't think the answer is to appease audience members immediately there's something to be said about anticipation i wish they just would have right. pushed off i think they should have just waited until fall 2021 yeah
2: i mean well, also yeah, but, some but of, some, is, some of wonder woman is some wonder woman shot in imax as well you're not going to get that on streaming no like yeah D- but it sounds only, like patty disney hasn't even done hd yet or like hdi I,
1: I totally agree i totally agree but it does sound like they sat down sorry, with what, patty um, jenkins HBO, not disney <laughs> yeah, yeah you're right sorry it does sound like they sat down with with patty jenkins though and she clearly as a filmmaker said okay i'll be all right i'll be all right with this it's not I, i'm sure she's not mm. some shallow person that was only okay with it because she got paid 10 million dollars I'm, I'm wondering she we, we could did, do this
2: did she say okay because she knew that the next film was a deal with disney making a star wars movie <laughs>
0: okay <So, laughs> yeah maybe, okay, mean, yeah. maybe. <laughs> all right so rub it the wrong way a- there's a lot of there's a lot of rollout with that. But Dave, you're specifically talking about Disney. So and we we totally commandeered this this conversation. Tell us the good news about Disney. What's going um, on at
2: Disney? Disney is like dropping the hammer on content finally. Let's all the stuff we've been waiting for, the pandemic threw a spanner in it. They also didn't have it ready when they went up. Um, but like all the Marvel stuff is coming out. They're planning like ten new Marvel shows. There's ten new Star Wars either films or series coming out. Yeah. Some of those are damn damn exciting.
0: That is not an exaggeration. Like the way hmm. that Netflix, all of a sudden, there's a new series out that you didn't even know was filming, and now it's out. Disney's going to be doing that, and they're basically going to be going back and forth between Star Wars and Marvel. Yeah. Like every week, Fuck it's either going to be a Star like Wars the, or a Marvel the show. The slate
2: through to 2023 is, I like, I looked at it and I was like, I like these numbers. Like they have paced this. Yeah. Uh, you're going to get Marvel fatigue in like 2022, they're- but because they're dropping like six films and two series or something that year.
0: They're wow. doing with Mandalorian and Star Wars <clears throat> what the MCU did. So mm. there are going to be two spin-offs of Mandalorian that happened at the same time. So in, in essence, you'll have three different Star Wars shows existing at the same time, in the same timeline. So who knows? They could intersect, they could not. They could yeah. do what they're doing with fucking Spider-Man. I'm sure, where yeah. you gonna have seven Spider-Mans and 14 villains and then somebody <laughs> from Netflix. Uh, who who's blind and a netflix show who all of a sudden is in here like it's getting fucking crazy but their shares are up 20 percent from one year it was, ago
2: it was, i mean also when well, when they said the numbers uh, for disney plus it was a case of the, the the four-year projection was i believe it was like 80 million subscribers and they've already made that in the first year so
0: uh, yeah 80 million subscribers yeah,
2: the, from a business perspective i'm not surprised the shares went up yeah. like that um no. also and, and do you I I hear about for, uh, to get away from the studios do you hear oh well sort of yeah. do you hear about monster hunter the film? No, no. Banned in China. Removed from cinemas <laughs> for for uh, basically what could be an Asian slur left in the movie. I don't know how everyone uh, missed it. Like it made it all the way through, but they they've pulled it they pulled it to remove the scene and then they're like, I don't know if this is coming man. back to China. It's like
1: canceled. Come on, guys.
2: Yeah, cancelled by China.
1: Wow. <laughs> that has gotta happen a lot. It's gotta happen more often things yeah. than. <laughs> what right. did, did yeah, you watch is... anything? Did you watch anything this week? Um, I well, I I
2: I bought a new big screen TV this week uh, finally because oh, I've, yeah. I've been working on my colouring monitor. Um, for like watching. Do you,
1: you get any surround sound? Or anything, I've had, have, I've got the
2: sound bar. I've had the sound bar for a while. Nice. Um, but yeah. I sat down today and I fired up the 4K HDR of uh, Rogue One.
0: Uh, Excellent, cool. and then just sat back so and
2: boston in its damn glory. So, yeah.
0: so much death. There's so much death at the end. <laughs> the best one, dude. It's the best one. It's so good. <laughs> Sweet man. Awesome dude. I, uh, well, I mean, I it's watched... the only way
2: to like to stop. Like Ryan Dream Smasher Johnson coming along and fucking up your next film.
0: Mm. Oh come on, <laughs> come on! We've, we have praised Ryan. Yeah, Dr- we have Dream praised him. I
1: thought Smash you also agree Johnson. with us. It's not that bad. You've it's not that bad, bad on the radio. I don't think yeah. it was that bad. I don't think it was that bad. um It was salvageable. I can't wait to see. Tenet I want watched... so I have
2: something else to bag out.
1: <laughs> I got to watch. <laughs> I know. I'm so. I know. I'm so excited, you guys. I watched three extra movies this week.
0: uh The oh, first one I watched.
1: The first one I watched. Anyone who listened to our intro, I watched Toy Story three with some friends who were here because we were. Oh, they love Toy the Story. App. Casey loves great. Toy Story. It was great. It was great. And I, about my. I forgot that was the one where Andy finds the note from Woody. The Jeff <laughs> comes <Yeah>. home. <laughs> Don't <laughs> trigger Jeff. Don't so trigger Jeff. God damn, Don't it was so funny. So I watched that. The
0: premise. The premise. And then
1: the uh, the Criterion app. Uh, released, um, sometimes they just feature directors, and this week they released uh, three by Barbara Streisand, and I had not seen Prince of Tides, which we talked about last week in the 1991 episode, so I watched that, and I watched Yentl, which I had not seen before, and yeah, uh, I enjoyed both of them. Yeah, I thought it was cool, nice. so I watched mm-hmm. that, and yeah, how about you,
0: Jeff? Well, I'm in grad school, so I'm in, it's December, which means <laughs> that I'm doing projects and stuff, so yeah. I let um, my significant other and her family choose uh, the content sometimes, and um, not only while I'm doing a project, I look up to see Dolly Parton's "Christmas in the Square" being played. Hell yeah! Um, which is, I know it's on Netflix, but it is a Hallmark movie if I've ever seen one. Um, but we ended up circling back around it, and the opening number I've heard like six times this fucking week. And after you watch that <laughs> one movie, which is trash, but it's like it's it's good. It's it's the kind of trash that's fun to make fun of while you watch it. And yeah. I wasn't really watching it. Um, and then, um, you, then you get suggestions. So the next suggestion was Christmas on the Smokies. Oh, my God. It's so bad. That's amazing. for sending me. It's terrible. To us. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks is absolutely so bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to say, I know we're not a political podcast, but it is. It is meant for all of the women who voted for Trump. That is the movie. Was, <laughs> oh, no. It was yes. specifically <laughs> made for them. It's Christmas in the Smokies. Are you kidding me? Come on. It's yeah. Okay. And then the one I watched the prom again, family, like family friendly stuff. Musical is is James Corden yeah, as bad as they're there. saying? Honestly, I, 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 the fallback is because he's straight playing a gay character because he is not as bad as they say. Okay. At, at the first, the first scene, he definitely slipped into the British accent and then he's James Corden, so I think a lot of people mistake like character point of view for like shtick, especially when you come from that world. So, like Keegan Michael oh, Key mean, like, had to deal with Fred? that for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. so sometimes it looks like he's putting on, you know, an act, you know. But but the character is supposed to be a larger than life Broadway star, you know. That's that's the the, the premise. The movies. The movies good it's uplifting it's emotional all that kind of stuff but it's not like a great movie if that makes sense but kudos for it existing and and obviously meryl streep's great so didn't uh pro- didn't
1: the that duo write the music for it uh the, the ones who did w- greatest w- showman and
0: no 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 no, hmm, no, oh, no they no, no. didn't what are their names no actually actually this is a guy that um was involved with the drowsy chaperone was oh, one of shit. the lyricists and book writers for it but no this Shout came a few years ago it closed very early, and then they recast the entire cast with Hollywood people, with the exception of the lead girl, the, the, the lead two girls. It's a, it's a gay story um, of a girl trying to go to prom in Indiana, and they shut down the prom because they don't want um, any same-sex couples at the prom. That's wow. basically the premise. It's Yeah, it's, it's, you know, good. It's good stuff. It's good. But um, this week, I'm going to have a heavier slate because Nomad land is coming out this week, if I can find it. And then Uncle Frank and um, and Mank are out there. So yeah. that, that's on my side. No,
1: man, that is the um, it's the Chloe. Uh, what's her name? Zoe. Chloe what's name? The one in Chloe. Zoe, yeah, Zoe,
0: Zoe, Chloe Zhao, And it's um, Francis McDormand. Yeah. Francis, right? Yeah. Okay.
1: One the so, Venice. Yeah. Let's do it.
0: Let's do it. Let's do it. Sorry. Let's do it. Let's get let's get into this, people. Thank you so much for going on that journey with us. But we've got to be talking about our family friendly movies. Okay. So first, Home Alone. Mm. Duh. Home Alone one. That's uh. what we're talking about. Nineteen ninety. Um, I have seen not only that last year did I watch the circuit of all three of them and guess the third one, um, but no. I also watched on, Dis, <laughs> on Disney Plus. This is a great week for people who have Disney Plus, by the way, after we just praised Disney with all their two of these three movies are on Disney Plus. And yeah. there's a Home Alone backstory movie, uh, like documentary that's an hour that's talking about the making of Home Alone that I've seen. And it is it is amazing. I highly recommend it. It's a movie. You're not talking not meant about to
1: be the you're not talking about the movies that made us on Netflix. That documentary series about there's like no. This, this is, is a different on thing Disney on Plus. Disney Plus. Yes. Okay.
0: I'm gonna watch that. I'm and then that. um and then fuck. Now I have to double check that. Interesting. God damn it, John. <laughs> and I'll, then, I'll double check it. Keep talking. God damn it. Fuck. And then we're gonna be talking about check. Miracle on 34th <clears throat> Street, the original Miracle on 34th Street with a very very young Natalie Wood, an Academy okay. Award winner. Edmund Gwen. This is 1947, Miracle on 34th Street. We're wrapping it up with National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I'm just going to say it now because I want to keep you guys hooked. It's my favorite Christmas movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's my favorite Chevy Chase performance. And by the end of this podcast, we're going to be saucy when we're talking about it. So please stick around for us talking about Christmas Vacation. (laughs) Let's get into Home Alone. You know the story. It's the story of... What happens when you give an eight-year-old millions of dollars and his parents take all of their money? That's what the Home Alone is about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Buzz McColly Culkin's parents, yeah. <laughs>
0: they raised two very successful actors. Anyway, you know what Home Alone about. I'm gonna pass the torch because I've been chatty. Who wants to go with their initial reactions about Home Alone? Initial reaction. Uh, initial reaction. Uh, this uh, is kind of 30th anniversary. How <laughs> to can the I? 30th point? anniversary. I, I will say
1: time. <laughs> I will say this was one of those movies that I remember, and it was an event. Me and my my good friends from down the street, our parents took us as a big group, family groups, to go see this movie. This is one of my early like childhood in the theater movie memories, and uh, it was it was awesome then. <laughs> I remember it was fucking awesome then. It just gets. It's, it's not that it gets better. It's not like fine wine, but it doesn't get worse. You know what I mean? It just stays funny. It's funny every fucking time you watch it. And as I get older, the thing I do appreciate more and more is Pesci.
0: Fucking Pesci.
1: Yeah, yes. Just, I mean, just the two of them are fucking solid gold. And it's just proof that the idea is great. Obviously, John Hughes wrote a wonderful script. Christopher Columbus does direct it well. Uh, we can talk about all the ins and outs of the technical stuff, but... If you did not nail this casting, this movie would not work. It yeah, doesn't absolutely. matter that the script is brilliant. Uh, Macaulay Culkin is brilliant. Everyone in every role of his family is hilarious. And the two dumb gangs, uh, robbers are fucking perfect, dude. Dude, even the spider seems friendly in this movie.
0: The spider, yeah, the spider's great. <laughs> the
1: spider's great. How many yeah.
2: spiders did they you, use? Yeah. Did, you, did you see we also almost had uh, De Niro in Pesci's yes. role? Yeah, that yes. was never good. Yes. Could you imagine that? I, I can't. I can't imagine I Pesci now looks so well. I don't so think well yeah, it I don't think he yeah. would
1: have lost it as much. You need someone who's yeah. more berserk. I don't think rubs And they had berserk. to
2: constantly remind Pesci to say fridge when the camera wasn't rolling because he kept dropping f-bombs by accident oh my god can you imagine that
1: yeah just getting Pesci to not curse it's like the comedic um, genius <laughs> i so just just, uh,
2: i know i know jeff usually does the stats but i've got a little bit of stat good. here for you no no get in yeah, there it um is.
0: i already i already uh, fucked up it, i was uh, talking about the movies that made us on netflix i highly recommend the movies that made us on netflix i can't believe i did that in my first okay. fucking movie that i'm talking about this week go ahead Jeff. wow yeah. Um, Wait, so no, it, it's on uh,
2: 1,202 theaters. They released it in, and it made over 17 million dollars. Um, it maintained a number wow. one spot for 12 weeks, and then remained in the top 10 until the end of June the following year. 12 weeks, but then the top 10 until June the following year. This was released in November, so it it was in the top 10 for seven months.
1: Oh my god, dude! Yeah, what it earned, it actually earned a Guinness shit? World
2: Record as the highest-grossing live-action comedy ever domestically, and held onto that for 27 years. I mean, this is why Joe Pesci retired.
0: Like these two movies. No, we paid like, Joe Pesci this week. It's actually <laughs> not. We'll talk about that in a second. All right, Say keep that this. Oh, this is not okay. So, so this actually. This, sorry, Dave. You keep going. Do your do your thing.
2: No, I was saying it actually coined a, a Hollywood industry verb. Uh, your film failing due to another film's outstanding
1: run is now known as being home alone. <laughs> Wow! Um, yeah, do you have any? I don't want to hold you to it, but do you have any stats on some movies that came out in the spring that this movie crushed? Uh,
0: I don't. Uh, I just I'm know that look it, took while 20, you guys talk. <laughs> it took. Yeah, it took twenty-seven well, we, years wait, to beat we just, it. So. But we just did ninety-one. So Silence of the Lambs came out on um, Valentine's Day. So Silence of the Lambs came out. Yeah. yeah,
2: this this was comedy. Like it, it held the record for the.
0: Um, oh, for what well, well, that that means comedy it, was defi- it was number
1: one over Silence of the Lambs, for sure. We yeah. know that for sure, because that came out in February. So I'm going to keep yeah.
0: looking. You guys talk. Well, so first things first. So this is going on. First of all, this movie comes out in 1990. Let's just talk about the stuff going on. Number one, they get Joe Pesci, not Robert De Niro in 1990. You know what else comes out in 1990? Goodfellas. So Pesci literally provides his Oscar-winning role which he got for Goodfellas the same year as Home Alone. Home Alone made more money in theaters. (laughs) It's just for real. 1991, he does JFK. 1992, he does My Cousin Vinny and Lethal Weapon 3. And then Home Alone 2 is in 1992. And then A Bronx Tale, 1993. And then he goes, Casino, 95, Eight Heads in a Duffel bag, 97. So,
2: Damn.
0: and Gone Fishing, 97. So you said that, like, this led him into retirement? No, this led him into wealth. Joe Pesci just was getting started here. Yeah. He was sitting there and he went, okay, well, none of my movies are ever going to be as good as Raging Bull. Oh, wait, Goodfellas. Oh, wait, Casino. And he's making $3 million a movie up until then, which is a lot in 1990, even more than now. Um, so they got him amazing. Chris Columbus had only directed one movie before. All right? But and and. Um, uh, uh uh shit jo- fuck who wrote this movie John Hughes John Hughes John, John Hughes had literally owned the 80s even more than Spielberg like he literally every year he had a hit movie movies that were transcending the theater that were going like he was the most talked about person outside of Spielberg maybe in the 80s and he just didn't want to direct this movie he did plane trains and automobiles and and uncle buck leading up to this uh so he he agreed to sign on pr- as producer and he basically cast hired Chris Columbus to be the director, having only directed one movie before because he knew he would be involved. He would have some say and, and, you know, he, that, that's how he wanted it to be. And they, the movie, the movie actually in like, while it was in pre-production got, um, got canceled. They they stopped the movie and then it's changed studios in the middle of it. They had to rush to find a new location to film it. They filmed it in an abandoned school, they had a pool in it so that they could build the basement in the pool. Cause the entire thing, all the sets was, was actually like in a high school. They had to do as much as they could in the summer because you have kids, you always have to film in the summer. All of the shit was going on. It was a total mess. And then out of fucking nowhere, they finally filmed the entire thing. They finally have a release date, which is in November which they actually thought was the end of their movie. Cause it's a Christmas movie that's coming mm-hmm. out in November. And out of nowhere in post-production, John Williams says yes to this score. And they were like, are you (laughs) fucking kidding me? And then once John Williams says yes to the score, all of a sudden it gets more press, it gets more attention, it gets more notice. Pesci has Goodfellas coming out the same year. And then one by one, as Dave said, it it opens, but it didn't open that strong at 17 million. And then it it literally didn't leave for 10 weeks. Daniel Stern was filming City Slickers and had no idea. Somebody had to come up to him on set and say, you have the number one movie in the world again. And he had literally no idea. It is such an incredible story. Holy shit. Yeah, and the reason Macaulay Culkin hmm. was cast is because he was in Uncle Buck, which is why John Candy is also in this movie. That's my rant. It, it's so great. We're not even talking about the movie itself, but like this is just one Let's of those movies to... that was meant to be. Oh, Dave, what yeah, were you yeah, waiting yeah, sure. for? Yeah, sure, sure,
1: sure, sure, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, get to we get that, we get that, off that. We get that. that was, that was Dave, what, Dave, what was the date in June that it ran till first, uh, number uh, one, until June? I, I don't know the exact date. I just know it ran for for 12 weeks. All right, let me give you just a few oh, big yeah, hits no, from I mean, 1990. In, until it, yeah, this thing dominated in 1990. It mm-hmm. would have beaten Don't melt, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, Jungle Fever, City Slickers, Backdraft, Soap Dish, uh, Silence of the Lambs, uh, Paris is Burning, that awesome thing. Um, yeah, man, so many I mean, crazy by, ones. By that point, it didn't, it didn't the beat them. By that
2: point, it was holding somewhere in the top 10. It wasn't number one for all that time. But from, still, from okay. November into still, it's fucking November crazy. to January, it was number one. Then after that, it was in the top 10 until June.
1: Unbelievable, dude. It's a massive. So I love wait. set design-wise. I love set design-wise. Uh, s- set
0: design's perfect.
1: The, the house is great. Everyone loves that house. Obviously, it's a real house. The exterior, the house does exist. But as Jeff said, they built the set. Anyone who hasn't noticed it already, every fucking thing inside this house is red and green. <laughs> so they really, they're <laughs> yeah. throwing the Christmas at you so hard. And it, and it, and it works. It, Chris Columbus, anyone who has, you know, he directed the first two Harry Potter movies. Um, What else did he direct, guys?
0: Mrs. Doubtfire. He got Mrs. Doubtfire because of this. He got Mrs. Doubtfire because of Home Alone.
1: Unbelievable. Nine (laughs) months. Bicentennial man. (laughs) Uh, So he's a very family-friendly director, and I think some people—I don't don't know where you guys stand on this—but some people kind of hate on his Harry Potter movies. It doesn't bother me. They're appropriate for the age the kids were when they made them. He makes these family-friendly movies that really do capture, like, and I think Home Alone is the essential example of this. that captures the 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 essence of it's not nostalgia, but it does feel like like everyone that is related to anyone knows what this could feel like. It doesn't even matter if you have this kind of family. He he knows what what family feels like. Hmm. D- it's, it's, funny.
2: it's funny you'll mention the Harry Potter movies because yeah. mm-hmm. uh, I do occasionally I do some stuff where like I can't be looking at my phone or whatever, and I'll put, but it's I'm like working long-term, oh. and I'll put an, an earphone in and listen to a movie. Yeah. And the first two Harry Potters have a very, very different tone to like what comes next. They really oh, yeah. spell things out and it's like, he's doing that over there because, and like it's, it's a totally different style to the, all the rest of the films. And I, I get it's a that very different style.
1: Yeah. And I've heard, uh, I've heard JK certainly talk about this. I'm, I'm more interested in listening to the adults talk about it because they could observe it, but the kids, Daniel Radcliffe and they've all, Emma, they've all talked about it as well. Christopher Columbus. Is really excellent with children, kind of like Spielberg. I've mentioned it before. He, yeah. he really loves working with kids, and you can tell he's having fun. I don't think he could have gotten the work out of the children around Macaulay Culkin because obviously Macaulay's <laughs> a fucking star. You know it from the first moment you see him. He's so good in this movie. But all the kids around him have, you know, a handful of lines maximum. How do you get? How do you help children develop characters? They're playing, man. You can tell they're just having way too much yeah. fucking fun. He knows where to point the camera. He knows when to go. Classic, we'll talk about this Miracle 34 He knows when to go classic, uh close up and just kind of go back and forth with a kid actor and we'll cut it into the movie. But he also gets wonderful performances out of them when they're in ensemble shots. And that's just
0: that is an art form in
2: itself. There is so much down the barrel in this movie, too. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. You're such a disease. Especially by Kevin. I love the um, the Bedwetter kid. Every single time the bedwetter is on the camera. He is being framed as if he is in a Vogue photo shoot. It is yeah. so fucking good. Yeah. The kid, who, he like yeah. winks when he's like drinking the juice before he like is about to share a bed with Macaulay Culkin. It's <laughs> yep. so fucking funny.
1: And of course, um, it's and I love the gut.
0: I love this. Yeah, I, he it opens with Pesci at the door, and I kind of forgot that a little bit. So he's in the hmm. fake cop outfit um, because if if you just to. You know, in case you haven't seen Home Alone in a while, Pesci goes to the house and asking them, he said, there's a lot of burglaries around the holiday time. We want to make sure you guys have plans in place. You know, what are you doing this Christmas? And he's basically getting a scope of, of what everybody's doing so that he can rob their houses. Duh. And that's how the movie opens. And he, he, he greets almost every single kid and none of them live in the house. <laughs> and so nobody, none of them will talk to him. Now, again, this, this, you have to give the director the credit when this happens, because If you tell a kid to do something, they usually do it. They're very, very willing. They're very free actors, right? So the kids probably... It's probably not easy for them to just, on camera, give Joe Pesci the cold shoulder and basically be like, I don't live here, and walk away. You know what I mean? So, like, the director created an environment where the kids felt safe to do that, and Joe Pesci, kudos to him, is just playing... He's just playing off of them, and it's just so fucking fun.
2: Yeah, I mean, and then, you know, it's... There's this, some fun things on this rewatch though, because you don't realize until you watch this as a full-grown adult how much of a dick Kevin is.
1: Oh, he's terrible.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah.
2: It's like this kid is horrible, and you're like you've yeah. written for him as a kid. But also in saying that, like, did anyone when they were younger not want this to happen to them when they were a kid? Like,
1: seriously. Of course. Yeah.
0: Of course. And we wanted the arrogance. We wanted to be able to get mad at everybody. Mm. I, th- I still think you should buzz yourself, Dave, because uh, you technically said something a little negative about this film. You, you said our main character—you said our main character is a dick. Um, also, you could go ahead and buzz me because, um, okay. Catherine O'Hara, <laughs> okay, Jesus, <laughs> Catherine O'Hara, while she is trying to get home, not very kind to airline workers. <laughs> Mike, can we say that now? No, in, in hindsight, yeah, she is scream. She is screaming at airline workers who have planes and all of their seats are filled have you said, and, like and what and do that, they what does she want them to do she's that scene just before
2: john candy interrupts her as well um have, have you seen the conspiracy theory around that uh, where they, they the other extra standing behind it with the beard looks a lot like elvis
1: and everyone's what? like elvis
2: is in the background of home alone she shut like, the fuck
1: <laughs> up that's yeah it's fucking hilarious yeah, yeah. This, yeah. Is this whole it's conspiracy Catherine theory on the internet I have heard her Kevin talk her about man. playing, you know how like she was kind of hesitant to do this because it's like she's playing like the worst mother in the world, you know, like mm. the woman who like forgets her son. But again, it's just one of those it, we take it for granted in a comedy that is this successful because you're laughing so hard, you're not yeah. thinking about the work at all. You're not thinking about how this movie is made at all when you just get to enjoy something so much like this. But we have to talk about it on a podcast like this. The work is too good if you did not have actors that were playing it so sincerely. If she was not believable for even a second, it would seem like bullshit. It would seem like camp and just a, an excuse to have yeah. this John mm. Hughes funny script where a kid gets to hurt older people, you know, with the antics. Her side story, which is perfectly timed. The cutaways, the sound design, the cutaways when she when uh, he's like mom, and it just cuts to the plane just taking off, <laughs> like it's just so loud, going back and forth in <laughs> that interest. It's so it's when he's waking up, they take so much time for him to realize that he's alone and for her to realize he's gone there's a patience there I, once again i don't know the I, of course i don't mind this at all i really loved how much time they took to develop the exposition you don't really get him alone until you're like 30 minutes into the yeah, movie and,
2: and the actual like incidents that everyone remembers from this movie don't start until like an hour in almost like you oh, you yeah, yeah, think 50 it's like the last yeah.
1: 30
2: yeah. yeah um i do love that they created an entire fake movie to feature within this movie
1: so angels with that's dirty so, souls angels, it, with, angels with yeah. filthy souls yeah and then made a french listened. then made a
2: french dubbed <laughs> version of as well for when they cut to the tvs in
1: paris that's no that's a it's a wonderful life that's oh. that's dubbed in the french which is fucking fantastic the angels with filthy souls i've heard i think it's on the movies that made it, it was When chris columbus is talking about like just how much fun they had getting to make this like cheesy noir it's so good yeah. <laughs> it's it's so Pe- I mean people have tried right, to John, find I it. All right. Those lines. <laughs> hey, snakes. Snakes. <laughs> Where have I heard that name before? <laughs> All right, let's talk about the guys. Nice. Let's oh, talk yeah, about the guys. The practical would any of this have been funny if they had done anything with CGI effects?
2: No. No, right? No. Like it would it, I mean they the, had... the, the fact of the matter, like normally, um, one of the rules is with comedy is comedy doesn't hurt. In this case, comedy hurts and it works. Comedy, Comedy heard like fuck. Yeah, like, there's actually, broke the rule. there's exactly. actually, um, they had a doctor. On, I think it was in 2009 or something. They had a doctor on, and he w- went through what would actually happen in these traps and the survivability of what he did to them. And I, I don't want to ruin anything, but you're actually watching two murders, guys.
1: Oh like, yeah, let's like, see if we can. Yeah, yeah he yeah, would have yeah, killed yeah. those people. Yeah, when the the iron, the iron would have killed Mark, right? The iron, the iron, the iron falling one. from yes. three floors. The iron would have um, yeah, the paint, uh,
2: the paint cans as well would have led to a frontal hemorrhage.
0: Fuck
1: me, dude, the paint cans. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, literally, there's at,
2: at least uh, the uh, the blowtorch to the head uh, would have actually mm-hmm. melted his skin onto his skull. It was graphic yeah. what they what they that went into. Fucking, is, that, yeah.
1: that fucking stunt double that actually slips on the ice and does a backflip yes. down those brick stairs at the beginning. I mean, oh my, oh my god, god. Did somebody did that. Yeah, that is that, this is, <laughs> that great, is insane. Yeah. I love this movie. I think
0: this is a good time to say I I watched them back to back last year and one is definitely better than two. It's similar to the Ace Ventura movies where they go more childish and ridiculous in the gags for two. So I think the best thing about the rewatch for one, for me, is that it's not about the burglary. I kept thinking it's all about the burglary. And the burglary is about 30 minutes, and the movie's close to two hours. So it, there's a there's so much mm. more going on. It's about Kevin being autonomous. He's it's be the, careful burglary, what you wish like, for how he shakes it's... off the burglars. It's be careful. There's so much more going on. Also, it is. Airtight, really. The script, the way the spider callback. Hmm. I mean, they introduced the spider twice. The spider has ten seconds of screen oh, run time. Oh, it runs through a couple of random three scenes segments but... and is an important feature. Exactly. Yeah, that but the very, spider very needs short a fucking Jaws time. theme, man. It's, it's like, do,
2: do, do, do. it's like we're gonna get to that at some right. point.
0: <laughs> the old man, the 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 old man, the old man was just like a gimmicky, like almost like no, Sandlot era, like mm-hmm. scary tactic. The and furnace. then he has the short scene with Kevin at the end and he has the he has the the furnace. He has, the old man is the line of the movie which is you can be too old for a lot of things, never to be afraid. What the fuck is it was that doing yeah. in a comedy? Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that, like I mean, there's just the someone like heart when to yeah, this. when
2: you put a like with uh, like pretty much I, I would say all the movies we're doing tonight they they have heart in the middle of them. In some way shape or fashion. They have right? heart. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah. And they
1: don't just have heart. I think this movie succeeds at doing what all great Christmas movies do. I mean, we, maybe we can argue this in Christmas vacation but I think a lot of great Christmas movies don't just capture heart and family first. They capture a child's perspective on learning those lessons. And this movie is at the center of it. So even when that, wonder, that wonderful you know, scene with the old man in the church, you see him remember how simple a child would see the problems of adulthood. So even though he teaches Kevin that line, yeah. Kevin immediately turns it around on him and says, you know, you should talk to your son. And it just gets you in that place where, right. whether we like it or not, you guys, anyone who doesn't have children, if you're an adult and you don't have kids, Christmas is not as special to you. That's just that's just how it is, right? And movies like this r- can bring you back and remember what it feels like to be afraid, to be grateful, to have your family and all that great crap, all that shit, all that Christmas shit. It just fucking nails it.
0: Ugh. So well. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I know wait just just to just to make sure I don't leave any loose ends in my last thing even though I know two isn't just about the burglary it's about him being lost in New York obviously it's in the title it gets a little gimmicky and it's fine but even more so in the second movie you start to wonder as an adult why didn't he just call the cops which in the first movie is the only thing about this movie which is fine you know in in comedies you can get away with one thing if you tie up every storyline you can even tie up how Catherine O'Hara isn't even upset. That she gets home at the same time as the rest of the family even though she had to go through two different airports in a bus with a fucking (laughs) bugle band like she still makes it home like all those things you know whatever you forgive but and kevin probably should have called the cops but in two you're just like why didn't just call the cops two also has the only home alone actor to be
2: impeached if i'm not mistaken
0: (laughs) oh my god dave i usually were the one with the the things yeah, with the pause out, <laughs> two is awesome. It's fun, but but one is better. It's two is just for the gags. Um, I would love to ask this question, and it's okay if there's there's not just one answer. But favorite comedy moments in this, like favorite moment of comedy, and favorite um supporting actor besides Macaulay Culkin and Joe Pesci. For me, it's so favorite favorite for me, it's supporting without actor without
1: a doubt is Daniel Stern, and my favorite comedic moment in both of mm-hmm. these okay. movies is when he screams. So in this one, it's the spider. And in number two, <laughs> it's when he gets electrocuted. You know, you know, like, that, you that, know that scream. <laughs> that scream was dubbed because well, it's his scream, yeah, though. I thought yeah, it I thought is his scream. scream uh,
2: he he did, but they couldn't do it at the time because they didn't want to scare the spider on his face because that spider was real.
1: Thank and he, God, he, he, I've always he, wondered that. Yeah, yeah, he
2: agreed. He agreed to do it once. He's like, you can put this spider on my fucking face once. I was once thinking about that this time, I'm like, and they're like, well, he has to scream, and it's like, well, if he screams, the spider's gonna bite him. So no, yeah, <laughs> it's like
0: he faked it without a doubt. Can you yeah. imagine that? Don't scream, <laughs> yeah. even though it's in the script. Pretend <laughs> <I> mean, screaming. <laughs> okay.
1: When he in number, I know we're talking about number um, one, but in number two, when he gets electrocuted, and they just interchange him with the skeleton, skeleton. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the little jaws <laughs> moving. Like, I mean, come that's on, funny. Dude. that's, funny. Yeah, that's funny. I, Dave, what's your favorite? What's your favorite? Um, uh, and then mine, okay. mine is uh, Fuller, the little kid. Which? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Which Fuller's which moment little, specifically is, though? Th- when he the Pepsi.
2: Yeah. Mm. it's, it's like, I love <laughs> yeah. that. I love uh, that. Yeah. It's, it's like a scene I'll always remember from that movie.
0: Fuck. Your <laughs> <The laughs> eyebrows. Okay. You literally just took my two <laughs> moments. Okay, I'll come up with the third one. Okay. So Fuller and the comedy mm-hmm. moment. They're both mm-hmm. the same thing for you. Oh fuck. Okay. I'll I'll say okay. So you guys have said those. Um, I'll go ahead and say, although uh, let's just be real, Katherine O'Hara is brilliant. She actually plays the quote unquote straight yeah. person in this, like the straight character. Um so the, she's not sticking it up the way she does as M- Moira Rose. Perfect. I'm not saying she's a shtick actor, but it's it's more grounded, obviously, because she's a mom without a kid and, and we, we literally need that in order for everything else to be funny. So I'll shout out uh, Uncle Frank. Who was actually written for Kelsey Grammar, But he's basically like the bald uncle who yeah. doesn't have any money, but walks around as if he's like an equal like contributor to this free first class ride to Paris. <laughs> like, fill it up, please. He's,
1: fill it, he's too likable. I just, to play I just, that I just role. saw
0: that note.
1: Look what you did, you little jerk! Well, I mean, yeah, come on, it's fucking brilliant. I
0: think it's just he, he was. Hey, he's
1: uh, he's sideshow true, Bob, but that's voice Dave? only. Sideshow like it's, it doesn't have the face behind it. Oh come on! I think you could do it and again. Um, that's a out number two, but uncle frank in the shower in number two get out of here you little punk rock. i'm gonna slap you silly <laughs> when he fucking goes right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, fucking yeah yeah brilliant oh yeah this is a great franchise yeah. i definitely had a talk boy i don't know after number two if you got a talk boy jeff but i definitely got one i yep. did too of course I mean, I see. Oh yeah, sit, sit down course. with
2: your family and watch this movie this week it,
1: it's it's at least almost, i would yeah. say it's
2: almost the perfect family movie to watch yeah. for christmas
0: yeah it is the yeah i think so I, I really think movie. so too it's so good Hmm. Let's do it. The Buzz. Oh Buzz my God, fucking awesome. Buzz. What a weird ass guy. Uh the the top of two when he gives that bullshit speech <laughs> uh, and yeah. Kevin just goes, you know what? Fuck everybody. This is so stupid. Uh I'm, my comedy moment is is in both movies, but it's <laughs> Kevin! It's just the scream. Like it it's pierced into my head. I have a friend named Kevin, and it's like I hear his name out loud, and I it's sometimes it's like Kevin, and it's like all I hear uh-huh. is Catherine O'Hara. That's like good. I just substitute what I'm actually I also hearing love, I want Catherine to call O'Hara's out voice. it's such a yeah. classic
1: John Hughes thing it's just a repetitive joke how every single car hits that statue yes. and they don't comment on it it's every single car yeah, that yeah, pulls yeah, yeah, into yeah, their yeah. driveway knocks over he that just,
0: statue I mean this is this is just brilliant detail you know your script is it, it, like airtight when you sit there and you go why don't we just make the, dr- the delivery driver a, like a car Tokyo drifter <laughs> and he's just like literally <laughs> drifting through the street for no fucking reason and then he hits the statue he's like oh, yeah I'm it's good. brilliant it's fucking awesome all right. that's. No, one I, did.
2: I mean, I probably should have hit the gush about six I times during that segment, but I, I eased off.
0: Yeah, it's all right. All right, we got some buzzes in there for us, which is fine. Okay, so friends, we're going to take a very, very short break. We're going to come back. This is for our Twitch friends. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about Miracle on 34th Street. And then I'm already two beers deep. So by my fourth beer, we're going to be talking about, what was this, 30 minutes? Yeah, that's right. Do the math. And then by our but in about 25 <laughs> minutes we're going to be talking about Christmas vacation drunk which is the only way to talk oh. about this movie film fans Boom. see you in a second
2: We're back that was quick Back.
0: <laughs> yeah i don't want to fuck up my lag time from the first segment here people we are back we are talking now about <laughs> miracle on 34th street the original one not the one with the guy from jurassic I'm park i'm so
2: glad everyone watched the same one
0: <laughs> yeah i thought for a second after i'd seen a full hour of this and i was like oh <laughs> i'm talking about this one no matter what we got no no the original one <laughs> Are they both on Disney Plus? This one is definitely on Disney Plus, but are they both on? This one is. Yeah, they're both on G- Disney I'll Plus, yeah. There okay. Yeah. There you go. So we are talking about a, We are talking about. Just quickly before we go
2: into this, I'm a little bit excited. We had our first uh, like Twitch scam link poster ever in there during that break. Yeah. It was amazing. Like the the moderator smacked it straight away, but yeah, we yeah, we popped a cherry for posting spam links.
0: Trolling. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. We're having fun. Yeah, we're yeah. people are trying to troll onto our fucking thing. That's pretty Yeah, that's when you know you've made it. Yeah, you've made it. That's when you know you you've know you've made, you've it. made it. We're good. Because people post links and say, do you want to be famous? Yeah. All right, here we go, people. We're talking about Miracle on 34th Street. This is starring, well, let's be real, it stars Natalie Wood, because that's the most famous person today out of this whole bunch. She is the, uh, out of what, eight-year-old girl, nine-year-old girl in the mm-hmm. movie? Eight. Um, mm-hmm. Eight. The guy who plays Santa is a uh, young... Short, five foot five man. No offense to short men. Um, playing Santa Claus, he's actually sorry. He's Chris Kringle, mm-hmm. and his name is Edmund Gwen. And guess what? He won both the Golden Globe and the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for this performance here in Miracle Thirty Fourth Street. It is about oh, a crazy. guy on, who, on substitutes, which street? <laughs> who substitutes. Who substitute? Am I slurring? Yeah, little trouble Thirty Fourth out there. Thirty <laughs> Four Thirty Fourth Street. He substitutes for Santa Claus in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade because the original Santa was drunk. I thought this was a family That's movie and right off the bat. We've got drunk <laughs> Santa with booze showing. Yes. <laughs> so not hiding it at all. It's not like, oh, the adults will get this. Even the kids will see drunk ass Santa with his bottle in his mouth. So here comes Edmund Gwen as Chris Kringle who plays Santa in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in, let's just say, 1947, because that's when this movie came out. And then he ends up being the main Santa at the famous Macy's department store headquarters in New York on 34th Street. That Macy's is obviously still there. That is where the parade ends every year. And what I did not see coming, because I'd never seen this movie before, Santa starts telling people to go to different department stores to buy things. So they think he might be delusional. So they look at his employment card and he actually <laughs> believes he's Santa Claus. So instead of this being elf, like Buddy the Elf, we already know he's a real elf from the North Pole. This entire movie becomes whether or not Santa Claus is real. And he literally goes to fucking trial like it's to kill a mockingbird. And they're trying to figure out, well, I guess that's, a bad, that's an unfair comparison. They're trying to figure out if this guy is sane or if he should be locked in a mental institution because he thinks he's Santa Claus. Not I did not see that coming. That was heavy as shit. <laughs> so, so you didn't see
1: so you so you did not see the remake when we were
0: kids? I mean, I, I probably watched a little bit of it because it was the girl who played Matilda. Yeah. But otherwise, nah. All right. Nah. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Well, this is the first time I saw this movie. Was this the first time y'all saw it? It's the first time I've seen yeah. this version, yeah. Yeah, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not, it's not, you know. The, it's not the drama of It's a Wonderful Life, but it's still not just because it's black and white, but it lives in that place of a slightly more sincere... It's not a laugh-out-loud comedy romp like no. the other two movies we're talking about this time, for sure. Um, it definitely gets that kid thing going. You're going to see it through the eyes of film, but it just it's so sincere that Edmund is incredible as Santa Claus. That yeah. starts immediately. I think the thing that surprised me the most was the, the anti-commercialism that thing that was going this is 1947 and they yeah. give a spe- he gives a speech in there about how for the past 50 years christmas has been taken over by commercialism Who's trying to sell more stuff I, I i looked up just to make sure did macy's produce this movie <laughs>
0: like um I don't no know. but they signed they off did on sign it.
2: off on it though yeah both them and must- spiegler so um, yeah
0: it was, so did, what was the other department store that was mentioned in it, it spiegler
2: uh gimbals gimbals yeah. i don't know where i got spiegler the from? big one um, yeah, they they both uh, they both were shown the movie and signed off on being allowed to use their name. Otherwise, they were going to have to reshoot half of it. Ooh,
0: that would have been fucked up. And they, actually,
2: they actually shot some it of it in 34th Street. So in Macy's. Like, the, all the Macy's oh, yeah. stuff was shot in Macy's.
1: I believe it. How many times... So basically, it, folks who are at home, they basically get this... Santa, like, encourages this commercial, uh, this new marketing kind of campaign in Macy's where... He tells people where toys are located if it doesn't exist in Macy's so they can go to another store and it turns on its head and ends up becoming this super successful marketing campaign because people like Macy's more because they're they they care and they want you to find your toy no matter if they have it or not. I did not see that coming. This whole thing was like an ad pitch, but it ultimately made me feel like, how bad do you wish that was true? Yeah, I mean, I know it, we don't it's shop it's in stores as much as we used yeah, to, but
2: yeah. Could you imagine <laughs> Amazon going, no, go to eBay?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> no it would never fucking happen Am- how funny is this amazon's it's like, like I wait know a I week make a lot of wait a
2: week we'll 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 like, this person and get the get it we'll get it for you
0: <laughs> this santa is like look my el my my elves in the workshop up north are great but you know what else is great gimbals on 11th street has everything you need like it's like yeah. whoa this is not what i expected santa claus to say. yeah
1: definitely <laughs> he's sitting that. there and he's
0: like he's like what, what do you want oh you want a one inch diaphragm on your new microphone yeah, yeah, you want? Yeah, great. Go ahead. Um, they actually have that online. Uh, here's the website. It's like that's not what I expected Santa Claus to say, but it was fun.
1: <laughs> Natalie Wood is wonderful. As Every kid girl. in this is all fantastic. All the kids are super cute. Yeah, yeah all the little uh, kids are super cute. Um, she's really good. I I didn't see. I, I had seen the remake already, but um, I really like the relationships between the adults. I thought that was uh not handled cheesily, because this is a movie right. that kind of crosses the line with. Is it from a child's perspective or the adult's perspective? I think it's there's I, room for everybody. I have one little
2: point. issue there with uh, like with Natalie Wood's character. Her mum was just fucking yeah. leaving that kid with anyone. It's yeah, like oh the weird. guy the guy around the corner that we don't know. Yeah sure go and hang with him. Uh, yeah you can go, go with this person. Now oh, they're in Santa the same Claus, apartment wander, building. Wander off I know, with him, I but still like she's the kids in his house. It's like I'm, I'm sure that was the case back in like forty seven forty nine whatever. Um it's a different you can just time. send your, your eight-year-old daughter into a strange man's house. Yeah, we're also cool, this is what
1: I told myself. I we're like, also talking about a holiday that's based on an old white man sneaking into your house in the middle of the night to give your kids things. <laughs> so we have to just kind of accept that about Christmas, right? Like maybe that's I don't
2: know whether to buzz also, that or
0: not. <laughs> I mean it's true. Come on. The answer is always yes, <laughs> always yes on the love of cinema pod. Find us on all the socials. Whole lot um, of touching going on. Honors. Every adult male Jeff, in this movie is doing drunk snap promotions. <laughs> you know what I think you know what I think this movie's really about? How much possibility there is around the holiday times when you have a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. so, okay. This movie and home alone. Yeah. It's like Oh, oh! Wait, you know we did mention about Home Alone is they go to they go to France and the kids are pissed off because they have to watch It's a Wonderful Life in mm. French, which by the way looks terrible. But in this no, movie, no, no. The, the the girl has a view of Central Park West and there's just an attractive young single man on Central Park West who wants to date her mom. That's really what's going on. Yeah. That's that's the caveat I mean, here. A, the caveat a, here open is in Santa. That the caveat is like <laughs> no matter. Even if the guy's not Santa, the girl's probably going to be okay because her mom's going to marry the the single young attractive lawyer who has a view of Central Park on the Upper West Side. Like, yeah, I, I, like
2: it's it's funny. Like the first time you see Chris,
0: she'll get her house as long as mommy and daddy start dating. You know what I mean? <laughs> to spoil the end of the movie, like, yeah, yeah. just saying.
2: I'm uh, the first time you meet Chris Kringle, he, he comes across as like an early version of a Trekkie. He's like knocking on the guy's window, he's like, <laughs> no, the antlers are wrong, and the this reindeer's in the wrong place. It's like it was and it, I feel like I don't it's know so charming I, though I would yeah, I was absolutely charming, but i i for that point, like at that point, I was like, okay, that's that's Santa Claus I would have i think maybe would it have worked better
1: if they were like Izzy or is he a little more mm. Mm. okay
0: yeah i'm I'm with So it. the remake
1: plays with that more. Yeah. It's not a certainty. It lets you decide. You they don't really like make it the point of view doesn't decide it for you. Mm. Um this one I bet this played like gangbusters though when this fucking thing came out in forty seven. Right mean, after the war.
0: Yeah, I also f- I find office, it, yeah, I find it great
2: that they're or- like even there they're dealing they're dealing with the over commercialization of Christmas. Like yes. even back then, no. Santa
0: is an anti-capitalist. Yeah, just so yeah. everybody knows, yeah. even though he's sending people to department stores, he is an anti-capitalist. <laughs> well, and
1: also there was, there was a little political commentary on there about the judge says, you know, I won't be reelected. Guy's a Republican. That, he like makes a comment about that was funny. This Democrat in office. I at the laughed time, like, out very, loud. Come that, on, let's think about. It. We have to, I do want to. Call it out just for a second. We don't have to talk about it, but there were tax codes in place at this time that would have seemed like socialist agendas that were anti-capitalist, and that was the way the world was happening in post-war America. And they were making a movie on the tales of it. And I feel like it, yeah. I, I don't think I think if it would have come out at that time, it wouldn't have seemed as strange as it was now. It was kind of refreshing. Oh, to I see know it nothing now.
2: about that. I found I found the the comment about the that like you'll get two votes, one in that guy, and he's like he's a Republican. I I thought that was the best joke in the movie.
1: Yeah, I thought, and I think it probably would have slayed then because they had just come from having five terms of Democrats, four, four <laughs> FDRs, and they were sitting in the middle of the terms. I don't know. I just thought yeah. that was cool.
0: And you know what? Democrats won the South back then. So this is a completely different time. Completely different time.
1: Mm-hmm. I thought um, I thought it was really touching to see how they handled all the courtroom comedy. I liked yeah. how there were so yeah. many single shots of actors, the judge especially,
0: and the prosecutor. The, actors, the judge does not believe in Santa Claus. Let's be real. <laughs> I mean, but the was judge so, does not the, think Santa's real. The cutaways
1: real. from him and his political advisor, though, when the guy was munching on a cigar, like he was like, You can't say Santa doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, <laughs> politics. <laughs> but the I, I prosecutor, mean, also, when they called the prosecutor's son, as a witness,
0: yeah, oh yeah,
1: and he was like, <laughs> I was like, please make this fucker. And the prosecutor counter. was just like, Ugh. it was just so cute. It didn't ever go, it didn't, I, I didn't feel like it went campy. I felt mm. like it rode the line really well of just kind of sitting on that place where everyone in the audience already felt like, and maybe you're saying, Dave, that this was less interesting to you, but I felt like everyone who was watching this kind of had permission to feel like. I would never say Santa doesn't exist to the world, for the sake of children. I I found that. I would never do that.
2: Yeah, no, I I found that interesting. I do do feel like they've they've kind of hobbled themselves for ever remaking this movie, though, because if they tried to remake it in the modern era, Santa would spend eight months in the fucking hospital waiting for a court date.
1: Mm.
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah he goes to belleville an very famous and he's an
1: immigrant so there's no fucking chance he would have, <laughs> yeah he
0: would have ever yeah. gotten seen and he and he lists long island so they would have just been out to get him from the very beginning very creative
1: um, with the post office <laughs> stuff i thought that was i thought that was sweet the child performances in this though are are really sweet they're yeah, not yeah. they're and Nally they're not was, they're not the uh, amazing child performances of um To Kill a Mockingbird, you know, it's not that kind of thing. But Natalie's really great, and all the cameo performances around her are so essentially adorable and genuine that it doesn't feel like it's just kids being kids. It's well-placed, the little cutaways to home. What I kept noticing were, and I'm sure they designed this on purpose, whenever there were extras in the background of department stores, the way children would come in and out of the shots behind Santa and there were always children in the background of this movie, which I thought was great. Because if you're an adult watching this, kids are in the background for you thematically to this story. So I thought that was a really good uh, production touch that I appreciated.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Um, the the sass faces, like the way kids, Natalie, Natalie Wood looks at someone oh, yeah. when she doesn't believe what they're saying. And she thinks <laughs> she's, she's she gives them like this sassy look mm-hmm. on her face. Is so I mean, fucking while, funny. We're, while we're on also, the subject of faces,
2: this- um, like Edmund yeah. Gwen, when he's like someone says something to him, you can tell from his expression Santa. straight away who's on the fucking naughty list.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: it's like
2: you just made the list, motherfucker. Like, yeah. yeah.
1: That was can we, we have to talk about this. That was the only weird part of that movie when he literally says to the main. He's basically a human resources director of Macy's. He's not a psychologist. Yeah. And when Santa says to him after they get into a fight, "There's only one way to deal with people like you," and he hits him. But he wait, hits wait, him wait, wait He, he hits him. i I've, I've got a, Like, I'm sitting there and I'm like,
2: "Did Santa just suggest horsewhipping that guy?"
1: Yes. And the then Leonardo smacks like, him with a fucking. I'm there's like, only what? one way to deal Santa with Santa. Has people a like temper. Him. What the fuck? I thought that was yeah. kind of weird. I was Santa. like, I thought he was gonna like. Mm-hmm. I thought he was, yeah, fuck you, Santa. I thought he give was gonna- Give him coal!
0: I thought he was gonna give him coal. Instead he whipped the shit out of him. I the cane. I thought he was gonna give him up. He's a just hug. a cranky old
1: man. Yeah, I thought he was gonna like no. kill him with kindness. He uh-huh. hits the shit hit
0: him out of the out him. Cane. That went up my nose. And <laughs> he just turned into everybody's he just turned into everybody's. I don't know oh. if you knew this, but Santa Claus is actually just every single person's grandpa. Every single person's grandpa. hilarious. That's
1: <laughs> Yeah, it came beer came out
2: oh of Dave's nose. I nearly spat beer all over this entire setup that I
0: have. Oh here. that
1: so. guy was fucking fantastic <laughs> yeah. too. The guy who played Mister, the, the psychologist, human resources guy, he was wonderful.
0: Yeah, as he's basically yeah. the villain of the movie.
1: Porter Hall as Granville Sawyer, he was really great. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. That really touched me.
0: This is also definitely wishful thinking too, because I, I don't really know the sociopolitical like scope of nineteen forty seven, but. America was about to get a lot of money from Germany. So like I, I they're investing in roads and infrastructure and big business was prime for corruption, which would take decades to get through for sure. But they basically said it. And that's, I'm sure John, you were thinking about this when you were saying before about, did Macy sign off on this? So just, just to remind everybody that the premise of the movie really is about whether or not Santa's real. And then the girl with that family story. But the fact that, Santa is telling people where to go to get the gifts for the kids, instead of like making them himself and just making the Christmas "quote unquote" miracle. Like he is assisting the parents to find these gifts, and so it's basically it becomes a PR stunt for Macy's because they're putting the Christmas spirit in post World War II America, which they never mentioned the war. Nineteen forty-seven, they never mentioned the war in the post-war. They they say the the children's happiness is more important. Than commercial the bottom line for macy's like, which is yeah. o- which is obviously bullshit and, and gimbals gimbals what's it called whatever Gimbles, it's called yeah. it responds basically so the two department stores are now both trying to like share the christmas spirit because it's also profitable it's also because profitable. it means good things for their
1: i, I thought about that yeah. too
0: so i it, this is definitely this is definitely a statement movie yeah whether you know it's just built in is like what's the point of christmas don't let these merchandisers tell you what the point of Christmas is. We'll let them be skeptics because the, her, the girl's mom, Natalie Wood's mom, is the events coordinator for Macy's. She's in charge of hiring the Santas. That's how this becomes circular, right? So it's basically like the people who work at Macy's are cynical about Christmas and they only care about commercialism. And so that is really a big underbelly of what this whole movie is about. And you can definitely tell that this movie is trying to push that barrier. They're trying to push it's back trying to on push, it's trying to push. I think that's a good it's thing. It's
1: trying to push back, but but they they, they make it very clear that <clears throat> that there is a bottom line that increases commercially because of the goodwill. So I feel like it was almost like they were trying to... Middle out economics yeah, people, were come on. To, they were trying to like teach <laughs> values of capitalism. And to, to take it further, I thought it was cool that everyone who knows American history will know that women entered the workforce very seriously in the middle of World War II and this movie revolves around a woman who kept her job as, as you know, they don't say that literally, but she is the events coordinator. Divorce She's the director of events at Macy's. She walks into a meeting and all those men stand up. They all know who she is. They all respect her. And I thought that was really cool that I felt there were a few values that came out of this movie about how to run a business, like right. unlike yeah. Wall Street or something like that, that is, you know, totally cynical. It, this was trying to use the, you know, something very positive like Christmas to try to teach these values. And I don't know, I would I have appreciated that. Hmm. Yeah, give, I, th- I thought so too. Giving me the gush? Was that the No, no, gush? there was no
2: gush.
0: No. I thought it was, but it was
2: no. a no. helicopter. No. No. Sorry, so like, who it the, is the hot as fuck that? in my apartment at the moment because everyone has their like building heating on um, and it's coming through my floor. So I've got the window open. So you're going to hear the occasional New York thing. So if you're driving and listening, See, if you ever- uh, yeah, the, the <laughs> sirens are not for you. Uh, that's just outside my window.
0: The audio, but unless you're really high, if you're really high right now, those sirens are for you. They're coming for you right now. Um, they, Dave, you're the audio tech. What are you doing with an open window while you're recording? This makes zero sense to me. Any other final? <laughs> I do. Um,
2: I, I just want to point out that arguments in the 40s aren't like arguments today in this movie.
0: No, the one guy's argument, what he does is he just gives his wife an extra martini. So there's definitely some sexism she stuff. Was, well, there. no, she no was the w- where she's, she's, that woman she's, crushed she's, it.
2: She's going, she's going off <laughs> yeah. with the guy and then she just stops arguing and turns around. It's like, I'm not going to leave. I'm going to stand here so you can keep arguing at me.
1: They were but like, isn't... we don't want to reset That's the shot. Right. Yeah. Just <laughs> yes. turn and face the camera. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. It so obvious. Yeah.
2: I have one very important wonderful. question before we move on, though. Right. This movie is rated PG. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, it was rated. PG 13 did not right, exist. So it was rated right PG. Which means you can say fuck once in this movie. Where would where you put we it? would put the fuck
1: Wait, what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would wait until the very end when the guy sees the house that the girl thinks is for her, her. And they're like, Santa got me this house. And the guy realizes that he actually has to pay for it. And he goes, oh, fuck. That's where I would put it. Santa, God damn you! Fuck you! I think okay, I think when
1: uh, yeah. Maureen O'Hara walks in at the beginning and sees a stranger with her daughter,
0: <laughs> they, oh, that's they just say,
1: "What the fuck are you doing with my daughter?" No, no, no.
0: no. She no, because because the backstory is they already knew they already knew each well, she other. She
1: introduces herself to him in that scene. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, they, they introduce yeah.
1: each other. She like, hasn't she, met I him think before. She knew I think she knew that her daughter. She had met him, but she knew that it was a was neighbor. Running she running knew after, they were staying with, him, but they had not met yet. And he was like, she, "Wasn't she like touching him and stuff?" She, they were, they. This, I don't know. It yeah, a, it was. That's it, where I would have put it, Dave.
2: Um, I I think I would have either had it at the beginning with the drunk Santa or the the shop assistant when he tried to correct him on the reindeers. <laughs>
1: that guy just be like, "What the fuck, buddy? Fuck off! Shut the door!" Yeah, fuck <laughs> off! Yeah. yeah, it was but very I mean, touching. I mean, though. it's set I in New do, York, uh, so there aren't many. Uh, again, this is a comedy, but there aren't many. Really great, like more sincere style uh, Christmas mm. movies, and this is yeah. def- I'm gonna add it to the also, list. I'm gonna watch this every year now.
2: Incidentally, also, um, I, 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 I am- found the um the house that they find at the end of it, uh, still exists, and you guys can't see this because you're not getting a feed of what's going on. But this is the house currently, uh, on oh uh, yeah and on Google on Maps, um, on Street View, and the only thi- like it still exists in its entirety in Nassau County. The only thing they've added is a window in the, the top section. Um, but that house is still there
0: oh shit nice well that's creepy we can go check it oh there it is yeah with yeah. the american flag what if that just what if that just had a confederate flag? <laughs> i would not it, have shown now. it um <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay good um jeff Ah uh, fuck i forgot i forget gonna- okay oh this is what i'll say too okay hold on I'm very critical. I'm very critical of movie musicals. I talked about the prom at the beginning and kids movies. I work with kids. I teach kindergarten, first graders music. I teach kids music and musical theater. Don't talk down to kids. Just don't fucking do it. Like this movie is a trial movie where they're questioning whether or not Santa is insane, where they say lines like, everybody knows Santa isn't real. We don't believe in fairy tales anymore. I don't want my kids to be delusional. These are lines that are spoken in the movie. And this was a family movie that was so successful, it was remade. And here we are, you go and turn on any kid movie today, and it's like you're talking to a yeah. tortoise. It's yeah. so stupid. Like <clears throat> just treat kids like the future adults that they are. All right. They're gonna they get it. They pick yeah. it up. They learn more from listening to adults talk to themselves than they do to adults talking to respect them. children. So just, just respect yeah. the kids, man. They're 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 future the scene, adults, they know most the of what's the scene they need where he
1: teaches her about imagination. When he like teaches her how to play, like fucking, I mean, that was, that was the movie for me when he finally got her to start believing and having fun and anything she was able of creating in her head and enjoy it. And and that it's not just, this is what it's like to be a kid is that he was teaching her like, don't ever lose touch with this either. Obviously as artists, we try to hang on to that. But I thought that that just, that nailed the movie for me. That monkey scene with Natalie Wood, super cute. But I agree with you, Jeff. And I think that's probably the essence of most Christmas movies that is Tim Allen's lesson in The Santa Claus to stop treating his kid like, sh- like a, something else and respecting him. That's the, I feel like that's the lesson in so many of these movies. Yeah. Don't just think of your family as children and family members. Treat everybody with respect and get in on the joy and the cheer. I
0: think all of them. Elf. 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 James yes. Connathy yes. isn't believing, he's not believing Buddy yeah. when he says, don't talk to my kid yeah. that way. It's about the kid. He, he's, he doesn't believe Buddy, he believes yeah. the kid good lesson dude good right. i'm glad That's you called speech. that up dave good. anything that i think i think we've, uh, we've
2: summed this up it's again this is a great family watch
1: really good type movie too hour 30 hour Disney 36 plus people. Disney this plus. is harmless hour 36 dude. get in there and watch it all
0: right i'm gonna pee so i can save some room for the next two beers i'm about to have talking about christmas vacation my favorite christmas movie here we go we will see you in a minute film fans sneeze i was just trying to overload my microphone so that our sound engineer dave uh will have a, a fun morning tomorrow
2: oh, that's okay i can't hear it over the car without a, without a big source pipe outside anyway so
0: oh great i'm glad that spectrum <laughs> gives a shit about you this week dave this oh, last week, that's man so cool. I,
2: three times three times i failed
0: do you want to air out any grievances about spectrum or anything no anything no else? they
2: they know what they did buzz them fuckers Uh,
0: fuck you yeah let's buzz i'll I'll drink for spectrum because uh
1: take that spectrum yeah let's all i'll drink for them too all
0: right so i'm just gonna lay it out there i used to go to a family christmas party every single year and we watch this movie every single year with kids obviously again treat your kids with respect they'll pick it they they get it they know what's going on (laughs) they there's you know it takes them some a couple repetitions to catch up but they get it this fucking movie is so goddamn good we're talking about national lampoons christmas vacation This is the third vacation movie. So you have Vacation, which I believe is somewhere around 80, 81, somewhere in that ballpark. You have European Vacation, which we did this year, which is 84, 85. So this is the third vacation movie. Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo as Clark Griswold and Ellen Griswold. Their kids are always named Russ?
2: Does anybody yeah. find it amusing that we've now done two out of the four films that we eliminated
0: immediately
2: from our, our franchise, franchise face-off? face-off.
0: <laughs> yeah, but we also we also were including films into like our final eight. You know what I mean? So like, would this have been in our top 16? Maybe. But we were basically like, we were bumping The Godfather and we were mm. going to put this in. Like it didn't really, you know what I mean? Like Anyway, that, that's a shout-out that. to our... Mm. That's a... Dave. That's a shout-out to our... Dave, that's a shout out to our fans from this past summer. Anyway, um, we we watched a whole lot of franchises. If you want to go back in our feed and listen to what we think about it. all the different franchises, it's, it's out worth there. it for the fights. I think so too. We we fought way more about franchises than great. we do about whether or not Christmas vacation is fucking awesome. Anyway, so guess what? Guess who wrote this movie? John Hughes, John Hughes! again. So this is now if you, if you count nineteen eighty nine. With all the other John Hughes movies, this is his third. I mean, he, God, John Hughes is just all in the '80s. I don't give a shit about. I know Spielberg made mm. more money and yeah, everything, it's but like, unbelievable, you guys. God I'm damn it, John at Hughes right now. And not only it he, so like, he wrote the first two Vacation movies, so Vacation and European Vacation, and he didn't even take on a co-writer or didn't even say I'll just sell the title. He personally wrote this script, and the best part about this, tell. I made a joke last segment about how it's great when you have a lot of money, because there's a lot of possibility for things that can happen when you have a house and you can buy first class tickets and yada, 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 yada. This is a middle class dream come true. This movie, this is about a guy in a regular size house in a regular size suburb of Chicago just has his whole family come to stay with him. And it's about the wife too, obviously, but it's really Chevy Chase. So Chevy Chase and Beverly Angelo, they have the entire, I know I'm slurring. I'm drunk. I will will argue that point with you later they have the entire family come to stay with them, both of their sets of parents and the, and then eventually cousin Eddie and his wife and kids come to stay with them because he wants one big family Christmas that he never gets to have otherwise. And that's what this movie's about. This is, this is to me, the quintessential Christmas movie. It is the quintessential eighties comedy. It is the quintessential Chevy chase. I will argue to the bone about it. And I've seen this movie 20 fucking times. I love (laughs) this movie. I'm going to be very, very careful to not overspeak because I'm starting to feel the beer, so I'm going to go ahead and... What? I'm in my hey, intro! I'm in, I'm in my intro! intro. I already have go the gush alarm in, in my intro. All right. Anyway. I'm going fall... first. Nobody falls off a ladder Chevy Chase.
1: I have never seen this movie before, and anyone who did listen to it... Her... Hold on. Jeff's I told gone. you this. Hold on. Left. I, I left.
0: Know. i lived <laughs> with I you for like I... four Christmases. Never, never. We, I told I, you guys I had it. never
1: seen it. The franchise face-off. Hmm. Remember, because this was not a part of the official franchise face-off. This was part of the we this should en- have was voted
0: it. in, yeah. The fans voted so, it in. It's the Wildcats. So I I watched the
1: European Vacation. I couldn't remember if we did that in the franchise face-off, but that was another year that we did that one. But anyway, that was the only one I had seen. This is this is I did not like European Vacation is that much. I remember I don't remember if you guys recall yeah, I remember. me talking about it. <laughs> I I'll, lo- I'll, ne- I'll never I forget. Loved, I loved this movie. I thought it was <laughs> wonderful. And it kind of blew me away that John Hughes, this one was so much better than European Vacation. I I, I don't even know how to (laughs) compare them. Like European Vacation, kind of like how you were saying about Home Alone 2, I felt like that was all gags. This movie had heart, dude. Building this whole ridiculous thing, building to Chevy, finally saying, I did it. And yet, like, it has the same. All he wanted it was had to th- create the family thing. If you I look know, closely, it really though, it me. has
2: exactly the same structure as European Vacation. There's a series of scenarios that build up to a plot device that happens in the last half hour of the movie. It's exactly the same but scenario, was, but this works. But, and the yeah, other but one this doesn't. one
1: is this one is anchored by every in between the gags, every scene in between the gags. There is a situation with the family, the extended family, yeah. that raises and the stakes. Also, stress. these
2: guys are relatable as well. Like every situation they get into is relatable.
0: You know what else this is too? This is a caravan movie. So it starts with just Chevy's immediate family. And then ding dong, both sets of grandparents show up at the same time. You get a little bit of them. And right when it starts to dry up, ding dong, (laughs) cousin Eddie, wife, kids and dog show up. And so they like lay, and then they're all together the whole time. Whereas European vacation, they're always on the move. So this, it grows. And so, like, the possibilities grow with it. And they structure that brilliantly. And then you always have the dark horses, which are Julia Louise Dreyfus and whoever the guy is that live next door. They're the worst they're people. Just, when, whenever <laughs> they need something comedic, comedically that takes place outside the house, they're just there, ready for it. It's 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 great. So, but but yeah, that tribalism, that the way they grow the characters, it, it works better in this than maybe any other comedy. Like it's. Just,
1: I don't it's know, big... Marco. Yeah, yeah. yeah, those two I mean, in the side. It's always hilarious. Straight
2: up, like they, I mean, it's it's become a kind of an in joke that they recast the kids. Uh, this time they actually swap their ages as well. So suddenly yeah. Audrey's the older sister. Um, yeah. But did you recognize? Did, rec- did you, you recognize? Yeah, Lewis. did you recognize the sun?
0: Not the it's, sun. It's no.
2: Leonard from Big Bang Theory.
0: Okay, oh, yes, yeah, it's Johnny Galactic. Johnny yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, and he has some wonderful stories where, like, because you always hear about Chevy Chase being difficult to work with from some people, or I, I've heard a couple of stories. But uh, he apparently, apparently, yeah, apparently, um, by Johnny Galecki's own admission, his comic timing was terrible. Uh, his own comic timing, so Chevy would sit and work with him and give him improvs to do and lines to say and stuff like that and then took him to the set of Ghostbusters and the set of Harlem Nights. So, like, this kid is meeting Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor and Dan Aykroyd and all these people. He literally shaped wow. what he became later. Wow. Good I feel like him. that's a fantastic story. So he basically
1: story. got him Roseanne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he basically got I him am. Roseanne, right? Uh, you might have got that on um, his own. I don't know. <laughs> Really, really touching, though. I really appreciated the... um... I don't know. I felt like the gags were built... If If you were sitting down to try to write a comedy of this style that John Hughes obviously has done masterfully so many times, his most successful movies, in my opinion, do not rely on the gags. The gags come as a breath of relief around meaningful moments. So he gives you just enough of a meaningful moment, and then he makes... Fun of the scenario. I think the best example of that in this one is um the old family movies when Chevy's trapped up in the attic. Oh my
0: god, yeah. And you know, mm-hmm.
1: he finally, you know, he's stuck and it's funny and it's building and the stress and he's locked in there and you're laughing, and then he finally is watching them and it's touching. And as soon as it really lands, and you see that look on his face, he f- she <laughs> his wife opens the door and he falls through. And it's just like, now we're back. And the movie just immediately picks up again. Yeah. So and he they don't these-
0: mention it ever again.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I don't know. I thought that's what I appreciated about this one most. The rhythm of this film did not feel uh, monotonous the way European did to me. That one even, felt monotonous even the gratuitous gags,
2: like, like when, he, when he pulls the door down to the attic and the ladder hits him in the face. And it's like you're yeah, trying to be so quiet, <laughs> dude. You live in this house. How was that ladder unexpected? How do you not know that ladder was coming at you? But then I thought, well, no, I live in my house, and at least once a week, I try to shortcut the corner of the bed and break two of my fucking toes. So oh, you yeah. know, it's like everybody does this.
1: So funny, Everything in really is relatable. Excellent. The physical comedy. I mean, every dad on earth has watched this movie and been like, <laughs> "Yep." Every single time just- when he's putting the lights up is like, "Fuck yeah." The, the latter, all perfect, the verses the latter.
0: <laughs> this is the perfect comment. Compliments to Home Alone. Because mm. Home Alone is from the kids' point of view with the family, that's great. But, that's but well obviously, said. like, the supporting character. And this is from Chevy's point of view, and the kids, and yes, they have the grandparents, but it's really a great movie for kids, because you can see the different layers of the family that's going on. It is important to note right now that, uh, just so you know, Randy Quaid, who is an incredible, incredible addition to this movie, who plays... Um, I want to say Cousin Eddie is the name who comes in. He has one of my favorite lines in the movie, which only makes sense in context, which is also a good sign of a good comedy, unlike a lot of the comedies that are done today, which is all about the actors making funny, quotable gags. That would be very TikTok-worthy, for instance. Clark trying to to lighten the mood at the family Christmas when the turkey was just... It looks like a scene out of Alien, whatever happens to that turkey. (laughs) He cuts it, and it just goes and splinters in half as if as if Ripley is like having an alien come out of her. Anyway, um he goes, "Hey kids, did you hear? Uh the 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 shit. The air traffic controllers yeah, they spotted, have spotted Santa, Santa <laughs> and Randy Quaid just looks at Clark and goes Cuz <laughs> are you serious Clark? You serious Clark? In front of the whole <laughs> dinner table. And I of mean, course not, it's not fucking serious, but it's like We should point out. From, of course f- I but from this point on we're
2: talking about the Randy Quaid in this movie, not the Randy oh. Quaid who got drunk and banged his wife on YouTube wearing a Rupert Murdoch mask. Not that crazy motherfucker. The Randy Quaid from this oh, era.
0: That's what I was gonna yeah. say. Randy Quaid, by the way, really, really thinks that the election was stolen, and he is trying. He donated money and time trying to make sure. Dude, uh, you banged your wife anyway, on so like,
2: YouTube wearing a Rupert Murdoch mask. Yeah, no yeah. one is gonna listen I to mean, you.
1: He is, guy, shame, he, jamming, he is he's so he funny is the guy. He is he is he is all of his characters. He's the crazy guy from Independence Day. He's Cousin Eddie. Like, what do we expect? Of
0: course, yeah. he's that guy. It's just it's not like funny a, in real he's, life. He's just going full method. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Jeff, I'm glad you said that. The different perspective. This is a really good pairing. With I can't believe I had never seen this movie. Those two, the great aunt and uncle, that come in at the end hilarious yeah, yeah exactly they're just
0: great layering of characters they layer the characters in over time wrapped so up I, her
1: cat. D- I just want to point out
2: a couple so of cool. things as well about the director um jeremiah Cheshik. Yeah. um he had never like all he'd done basically in the u.s was some commercials and some hall and oates music videos before this he'd never done comedy <laughs> um he got this basically the phone started ringing when stanley kubrick mentioned that he, the dark tone of his commercials was his favorite American filmmaking in the New York Times. Kubrick shit. gave him a he's shout out funny. and all of a sudden this guy's phone starts ringing off the hook. And he's like, yeah, cool. Oh he God. also did the remake of *Diabolique*, which we've uh, featured in a previous what? podcast. Yeah. Did
1: the remake of that? He did uh, Johnny Depp's Benny and June. Mm-hmm. I looked that episode of that. Yeah. Uh, um, that was made of <laughs> musical. Uh, was it Benny and June? He'd also never seen any
2: of the yeah, vacation yeah, films. Two years ago. I
0: didn't know that. This this movie, I'm only going to say this for seconds, John. You're going to talk. This no, movie does on, not dude, have on. a single moment in this. And I know I'm gushy about this film, but every comedy has what I call the back half lag, which is right around halfway through the movie up until three quarters of the movie. So, yes, the, the third quarter of the movie, where the movie goes, Okay, fuck, but what's the point of this movie? Oh, the lesson. And then they try to figure itself to out. Yeah. yeah. So in Wedding Crashers, you have like Owen Wilson being like, hey guys, on, on the answering machine, hey, whatever, I want to die. And you're like, this is so ridiculous. We're not even in reality anymore. This is stupid. And it's like, and I love Wedding Crashers and, and it has that lag where it's like, what the fuck, get on with it. How does this movie end? This movie does not have that for one second. There's always something coming that has been built upon from the moment before, similar to Home Alone, but even more so because we're not waiting for the burglary at the end. I om- I You're forgot right. the ending and I've seen this movie 20 times and I'm like, this is so good. How does this movie end? Because the journey is just it's just the fucking avalanche. It's because it's so of what fun. you said.
1: You you touched on it earlier. I'm glad you said the wedding crash example because it's a perfect example. That's a very successful, excellent comedy. And I think what a lot of uh, feature-length comedies get trapped in is they introduce all of the characters' obstacles in the first half of the film, and then there's a quarter of the second half of the film where they don't introduce more obstacles, and they just let the characters sit in them. This movie, because of that layering, because of the caravan thing you were talking about, it never stops. So there's a relentless uh, nature to this. Dave, what was that thing that we've referenced before? That uh, Chris Nolan and Hans Zimmer have talked about, where it can, those chords continue modulating, so it always feels like it's going up and up oh, and God, up, and I the, never the remember tension the name of the building. Shepard tone, Shepard tone. That's what exactly oh, what this yeah, movie yeah. felt like to me. And 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 you're smiling as so, you're watching I, I was, it. It's like is my uh, first uh, time. I was you're smiling wider and wider.
2: Just the other day, and they what uh, they uh, they mentioned that
1: as well, and I was like, yeah, Shepard gets a shout-out. Shepard No, this, but I mean, this is it, right? Like, this is what great, the great yeah. half-hour sitcoms, they nail this. They understand how to use this up until the moment where the heart kicks in. An hour-and-a-half feature, it's difficult to keep building with it, but what a perfect vehicle to have, I don't know, I, just, I agree with you completely, dude, and that's why this movie stood out to me so much, is that I kept laughing harder and harder. There's a subtle turn of the tables in this,
2: and like, I want to say that the only reason this works is because Beverly, Beverly D'Angelo is an ever constant presence as the insanely patient Ellen to Clark, her deadpan yeah, delivery sure. of comic sure. lines. Like she takes it hundred percent seriously, which offsets the wackiness. Yeah. Then you get cousin Eddie and Eddie is to Clark as Clark is to Ellen. So it puts Clark and Ellen on oh, the same yeah. team. So they get halfway through. And then these two that have been almost adversary because she's trying to hold it together while he's just being ridiculous, and suddenly he's the ridiculous one, and these two are trying to hold it together against him. It puts them on the same team. It's it, there's, there's always a team to root for.
1: There's always nice. team, yeah, there but-
0: like, I feel like there is like a nice like pyramid style layering of not even there's like a different kind of way of graphing shit mm. like that, Dave. That's, yeah, you're right.
1: But I'm telling you, the only reason this actually worked for me, because of all those touching things we were saying about Home Alone, it's not just these gags. That there are moments you learn these lessons and it reminds you of all those great things that Christmas, you know, should remind you about when Clark can't get the lights to turn on and they they sit on him. It sits on him for a minute and it just makes you feel I don't I used to help my dad put up the lights and there were several years where we just couldn't get them all to come on. And it's 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 it just takes all the air out of it. And they, the fact that right. they sat on it, and they didn't just make <laughs> a joke of the fact. It's not a, it's not funny that he couldn't get the lights on. Yeah, it's funny when the lights do come on. Yes, which is probably yeah, my exactly. favorite comedic because sequence it's like, in the movie. Oh entirety. my fucking god! Really, that was it? Auxiliary <laughs> no, nuclear.
0: It, <laughs> no! it is, yeah. <laughs> it is funny when he can't get the lights on the second time. And then he starts kicking the shit out of the reindeer and the Santa because yeah. that is and something that every that. single human has wanted to do at some point in their life is just kick the shit now, out dad of him. My dad and I,
1: honestly, we have just destroyed things. Yeah, it's
0: Also, back yeah. to the Christmas lights, there's a whole sequence. It's iconic. It's famous. Most people listening to this probably know it. Eddie and his family are not even introduced yet. So when you finally light the lights, where do you go from there? That's the question that most comedies have to answer. Do you go right to the bonus that you've introduced? Do you go right to to the, the crowded? Like what do you do next? You introduce the next set, like the next layer comes in and then the overlaps Get complicated again in a really fun, interesting way. It's, it's You're just, right, dude, and it's, it's because brilliant. it's
1: not just it's not just the inge- again. If we're sitting around in our storyboard room and we're trying to like actually structure this the way we're going to shoot this, it's not just that a new layer gets introduced. It's the timing of it. None of that is pre- right. As a he again, gets
0: introduced at the lights, he's there.
1: Yeah. it's not <laughs> predictable so at all. Maybe if there there was no lull where Thanks, I saw, Eddie, <laughs> Eddie. <laughs> It's just yeah, I don't Thanks, know. Daddy. It really worked for me. <laughs> Jeff, how many times? When did you like? Is this a movie that has been with you and your family since you were a child, or did you guys start watching? So as this?
0: I, as as I was saying, we would go to the the Morris's Christmas party every year, and it was on TV every year. And we always had to leave early because we would go to the eleven o'clock service at church, uh, but it was always on, always just just every single year it was on Christmas Eve. And sometimes we would watch it ahead of time, but it was just it was just always on. And I want to I say one more thing to compare it to other comedy movies and why I think this one stands out. There have been, people have been said, and and and, and I don't want to be hard on Judd Apatow movies because some of his comedies are my favorite comedies of the last twenty years. But he has said they'll be on set and they'll think of funny lines and they'll they'll look around and basically go, "Who should say this line? It's really funny." And this movie, this movie ends with literally the way and the way a great improv show ends, which is. Everything gets called back at the same time. If you can figure that out, when you introduce things, and then all of a sudden, all the things you introduce converge at the same time. So they introduce the sewer moment, where there's like the toxic waste in the sewer, because Eddie's putting the sewer moment. The old grandpa, dad, that doesn't understand that he's destroying the house. It was his, the Christmas tree is his fault. The cat, the squirrel, it's all this guy's fault. He's smoking the cigar, which they've already introduced him smoking in the house. He lights the fire, don't light the fire. And the crazy mom, who said the Pledge of the Allegiance at the dinner table <laughs> starts singing the national anthem yes. when, the, the, when, when Rudolph goes in the air, and they've already introduced the idea of Santa Claus flying in the air. And now Clark's home decorations are on fire in the middle that, of the sky. That woman. While she's like, all, like 10 different callbacks at that once. That woman the is end. also is the incredible. voice of
2: Betty Boop, I should
1: point out as well.
0: What? Oh my god, I forgot yeah. about that. I I remember hearing that like 20 years ago. Wow. I totally forgot, Dave. Wow.
1: you're right though. Dude, I mean like it's I, like a, it's so tight. What do you think is tighter, this I, or Home Alone?
0: This. I think this is tighter. Yeah. It's a tough it's a tough Not bar that by much, one. But like it's
1: are they Are these they John Hughes, you think these are are these John Hughes' best best works? I know some people are obsessed with like Breakfast Club and 16 Candles for his more serious things, <laughs> but I don't know. I've only, you know, I've seen those movies a couple of times. I like them a lot. I'm not obsessed with them. These are holiday movies. So I'm going to rewatch them more often than those, but I think these are tighter than (laughs) I think these are, I don't know. Breakfast
2: club's pretty fucking tight.
0: I mean, it's great. It's great, but
2: it's not, it's not, uh, it's not a happy feel good movie, but it's tight.
0: (laughs) Dave, did you get wishful thinking when the, the grandparents wrapped their cat in a box and sent it away? (laughs)
1: Uh-huh.
0: Also, it's kudos to, kudos to Chevy because you know when he's holding the box that has a cat in it, there's no cat yeah. in it. You know he's doing that yeah. all on his own.
1: Honestly, it looked amazing. though. How was he doing? I was trying to think of how he was doing that. Sometimes it did look like something was in the box like leading his movements. I don't know. Very technical there.
0: Also, and, and to Dave's point, Beverly D'Angelo has my favorite... She has my, two of my favorite moments, which is when she realizes that the light switch in the garage is the power for the entire house, which is like one of those moments that we've all had at some point in our life it's like duh but she also has my favorite line which is to Juliet lewis who's complaining about her whole family being home and she's like i oh, know i want to have fun this christmas and she goes i don't know what to say except it's christmas and we're all in misery but she doesn't say yeah. it like she's saying a dramatic line so you could watch this movie two or three times and not realize that she just said that movie that yeah. line and it, and it is it one of the most so,
2: quoted to. lines from the film too
1: yeah that one Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. I'm sure that stands out. What are your favorite? If you had to pick one, what's your favorite? For two guys who have seen this movie a lot of times, what's your favorite comedic moment? The squirrel, hands down. The squirrel. The whole sequence. <laughs> the, the whole sequence, squirrel, squirrel sequence.
2: sequence. Especially now I live in Reifus New York, in and it's like those <laughs> things are cute, and they're just fucking terrified of this thing. It's like I see them every day.
0: That that happened this year. The Rockefeller Christmas tree had, had an owl, owl in, it, in yeah. it. That that yes. you saw that. It made it the whole journey. They, they and he, put the he tree looked pretty pissed about it, but he was fine once
2: it. they,
1: you know. There was an owl that was stuck in the tree when yeah. they t- traveled with the Yeah, when they, they th- brought bought yes. the tree down, they undid yeah. the tree,
2: and the tree like flopped everywhere. And they're like, oh no, the tree's half dead. And then there was like, there's a fucking owl in it. Nobody checked it for owls, Holy I guess. Holy shit. The owl was, uh, yeah. The 2020 owl. I hear he's suing.
1: Does he work for <laughs> Donald Trump?
0: <laughs> Jeff, what's your favorite kid? He he's a great moment? lawyer. Oh my God. There's so many good Chevy moments. I'd love, you know what? I honestly, you, you mentioned it before, but it's the, it's the wonder years type moment where he's in the, yeah. the attic and he's watching the home movies. But part of it is because there's unspoken layering where he's cold. Mm. So not only has he just stood in the the bed, the, the bunk bed, because he goes through the ceiling, but every time you see him, he has another layer of clothing on. <laughs> so by the time that final moment comes on, he's wearing like a, a bath cap, and like yellow gloves. And he just has like all the shit that you would have around the house. And why is he sitting on that ladder? It makes sense when you see the whole sequence because he's been, he forgot where the opening was because he's been up there for so long. It makes total sense. That's probably up there, but I also really like the sticky hands gag at the beginning, which is also (laughs) unspoken. (laughs) (laughs) He's flipping through the magazine. And he takes out one of like the, sub- hey, subscribe to this letter. And he takes it out and there's the <laughs> sticky stuff in it. And then everything he touches is sticky. And then Beverly Daniel De- De- Yeah, the, the sticky, way she plays And then with he tries to turn great. the light off and he's stuck to the lamp.
2: <laughs> that is a good one. I
0: mean. um, that's amazing. But also, also, also as an adult, when he watches his boss that he's kissing up to because he wants the bonus early on. And he's like, thank you so much. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Kiss my ass. Kiss, kiss, my, kiss my ass. ass. Yeah, kiss you can definitely ass. kiss my yeah. ass. You can kiss my ass. And he's saying, that, yeah, kiss his ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's his ass. up there. Anything else, John? What it's about so you? So
1: good. My brother-in-law was up in their attic and fell through the floor right before I watched <laughs> this movie.
0: <laughs> so, really? Or oh, fell through the no. floor of the attic,
1: the ceiling. So that heightened this movie. Like again, every dad in, in Christmas season, I think, can empathize with this a lot. Um, but that sequence, when he found when the lights come on the first time, the editing, the comedic timing of that, when it cuts to him, his face, back to her in the garage to Julia Louis-Dreyfus, her husband, to the wide shot of the town and the t- and the power going out all around them. <laughs> and then it comes to the the nuclear power plant and just a single hand turning on yes. auxiliary nuclear. That fucking killed me, dude. <laughs> the sound effect. I mean, it was just fucking wonderful. Yeah, there are a lot of moments, though. I'm not going to lie. Oh I went into God. this a little cynical. And I was, I walked away I'm... a believer. I will watch this every year for sure. Yeah, it's just, weird. yeah. B- best it's, supported- a, it's a yearly thing.
0: Best supporting actor.
1: <laughs> uh, those two grand th- those two great uncle and great aunt, they were fucking incredible. Yeah. Although the mo- the most touching scene in this movie, is it's probably obvious, is when Chevy's dad comes in and says, you know, you mucked it up. It's okay. And like I, I was touched. His, like it his was one of those moments where I was like, so, Oh, yeah. I needed that. Yeah. That was really, really sweet. Who are you alls the supporting character? Who are your favorites? Uncle, cousin Eddie? <laughs> When he's talking about I mean, how his older kids... I, I'm well,
2: going to discount the fact that he went nuts later in life, but Cousin Eddie is a favorite character of mine through consistently. I mean... Even when he gets his own hilarious. movie later.
0: Yeah.
1: Guys, is is Vacation Wait, as good? Should I watch the regular National Lampoon's Vacation? I don't think I've ever seen that one. The first one?
0: Yeah.
2: It is kind of good, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's the second best yeah. in the series. But it's probably better than European Vacation. It's a little bit more subtle and a little bit slower. Okay. Um, but I think I think Vegas Vacation is, is okay. And
2: happens. then there's Christmas Vacation Two. Eddie's Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Uh, just uh,
0: give that a oh, fucking no. miss. Yeah, I will. Vegas Vacation is like the typical sequel, like um, Ace Ventura, like Home Alone, where it's 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 a little gaggy So much gag. They get a little gagger. But there, there's there's good sh- there's good shit in there. But it's a little here.
1: Jeff, who are your favorite? supporting
0: well JGL is the failsafe because some of those gags like when you when you when I rethink of the movie I don't think about the next door neighbors but how important her life turning into misery is because of the Griswolds next door she actually becomes the straight character even though she's a zany one because we need to realize how ridiculous the thousands of dollars worth of like broken glass damage that's going (laughs) on and what would happen if you actually dumped your sewage like like that like it's we need her we need her she's the most important person but as far as my favorite supporting character, it's it's um, it's um the grandma. It, the, with the yeah, I mean, she was... Iraq- every- did you move? Mm-hmm.
1: You moved from Florida.
0: The blessing. The, the blessing. blessing.
1: <laughs> what? Oh my God, she's so cute.
0: As Dave said, the voice of Betty Boop. That's what I would say. Excellent, excellent, um, excellent. I guess that's it for, for this movie. Yeah. It's so fucking fun. That was fun. Yeah. We'll wrap it up there. Um, I didn't write them down. I think I know them, but Dave, what, what do you think? What, what should we what should we tell them about next week?
2: Well, well, this this week we did Christmas family movies. Uh next week we're doing family movies you definitely can't watch with your family <laughs> uh, that have fuck all to do with Christmas. Um, so it's uh, we're gonna give Bad Santa a watch. Yeah. yeah. Fucking brace yourself. Uh we're gonna watch a film that these guys probably haven't heard of called The Ref.
1: Yes, Dennis Leary.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, with Dennis Leary and then we're gonna give a little bit of a like final nod to anna and the apocalypse oh my nice.
0: god i'm excited it's a newer movie, movie that's a on christmas Prime. movie
2: that i'm gonna say nothing about just watch it it's this week Prime. and come back and hear us talk about it because i can yeah i cannot wait I'm to excited. hear like we we might even might, we might even watch party this we might watch party I'm ready, this, this. yeah week. we're ready to right. we're ready to watch party i've seen bad santa yeah. a
0: lot I'm, I'm gonna pregame our if, if we do Bad Santa first, I'm gonna make sure I'm drunk for the first ep- segment next time because fucking Bad Santa is so <laughs> casual. <special. laughs> oh my gosh, well, thank yeah, you so much really for good. joining us, film fans. Can't wait to see you next week. Happy holidays. Can't wait to talk more. Ugh. See you guys That's soon. It.